Some things that are, that are going on around Gates right now is, and, and, and uh, the main focus is people. And you think, well, that's what you always should be going on. Well, sometimes it isn't. But we're really about people around here right now. And for the next couple of months, um, we've, got, we've got some things this month, we've got some things next month, and then in, into October. And uh, we're going to continually reveal what I believe God wants us to do in regards to touching people's lives. Um, we've, we've, got a, we've got a large building here, a large room. We've got chairs in here right now that are kind of scattered out. We can close these chairs way up. We've got a bunch of chairs in the back back there. We can haul in here. They're all different colors. They look like a Christmas tree in here. <clears throat> and, uh, and so as a result of that, um, this big room, this, all this big room represents, you know, you, we're the church. The Bible says that we're the church. And the church can gather anywhere. God's blessed us with this place, and as we gather here, we want this place to fill up. We want people to continue to come because we've got something that changes people's lives, and it's the revelation of the Word. Amen? And so, every, every message, Wednesdays and Sundays, for the next couple of months, are going to be centered around, they're going to be centered around touching the lives of people, but we're going to hit it from different directions. We've been talking about things already, probably for the last 30 days or so, maybe a little bit longer, actually since about the 4th of July. We've been talking more and more about connection with people. Our connect groups are starting uh, in September. We're having our sign-ups in the next couple of services or the next four services. And, uh, and so we're, we're continuing to discuss it. But... Um, Tonight, I, I, I want to talk about, um, the, the title of my message is Faith for People. Faith for People. Um, you, you don't realize how important that it is to God that you understand what faith is and that you live by faith and that you project to other people what a life of faith is. Um, when, you, when you believe the Word, what you're doing is coming into agreement with what God has already said. So when you believe the Word and something happens, it's not just because you believed, it's because you came into agreement with what God says is so. The Bible says any two agree as touching anything that they ask, it will be done. So when I find revelation from the Word that's already been spoken, it's not... The, the, the Word is not just pages of a book that are, uh, that are history. This is now. Huh? This Word is now. It's right now. And every time I believe the Word, 
and, and I trust in the Word and I have faith in the Word and things manifest and happen, it's because I came in agreement with God. And I have a responsibility in life more than I've realized to have faith for other people. Now, I want to look at Mark 5. I wasn't going to start here, but talked myself into it. Mark chapter 5 and uh, verse 21. Faith for people. Verse 21. Now when Jesus had crossed over again by the boat to to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And here's what Jairus said. He begged him earnestly. He he challenged Jesus. My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her. See how direct Jairus is? Where'd he get that from? There hadn't been a miracle in 400 years that these people knew anything about until Jesus came. Jairus had been hearing reports and he'd been following. He'd been listening. He'd been actually coming. Remember, Jesus, when he's on the seashore and he's preaching to thousands of people, that's church. Everybody say, that's church. Okay? When we come in here tonight and you're listening to what I'm saying, this is church. See, people need church because if they don't have church, then they got a bunch of junk. And what I mean by junk is information that's not producing life. And I'm telling you, you will not. I, I, don't, I don't care how much you like one news agency over another. You will not get life, per se, from CNN or Fox or this channel or that channel. You will not get life from that. Because it, it, is, it is indirectly death. Because most of it is information about how bad things are. And by the time you listen to 30 minutes of that, man, why even live? Right? I mean, by the time you get through a newscast, there may be some little thing they throw in there, like little, some little thing that happened and it was funny or it was good or some story about somebody that was down and out and some good thing happened to them. But that little story is not going to help you after listening to all the death That's right. and destruction. And the rapes that are going on, and, and, and the torture, and, and heads being cut off. and the, I mean, just constantly. You say, well, Pastor, we can't stick our head in the sand. No, you need to stick your head in the Word. Amen. Amen? Stick your head in the Word, and then we'll be productive in what we can do for all the other issues. Amen? So here's what Jairus said. My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed, and what? And she shall live. That was out of his mouth. That's what he said. Right? So Jesus went with him. Great multitude followed him, thronged him. Now a certain woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians, she had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, when she heard about Jesus, 
It wasn't that she just necessarily heard about him for the first time, but when she heard he was coming near her, okay, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, everybody say, she said. He said, she said, right? Jairus said, and here's what the lady said. If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Verse 30, And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself the power that had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? How do you think Jesus said that? He's walking along and all of a sudden the power goes out of him. Who touched my clothes? No. He turned around. Hey! Who touched my clothes? Now this woman... This woman has come out in the, in the town. She had an issue of blood for over 12 years. She can't be outdoors or she can be stoned to death as a result of it. Her life's on the line. I mean, she's looking at this thing, I got nothing to lose. But she didn't just have an I got nothing to lose attitude. She'd seen what Jesus had been doing. She'd been hearing reports of what he had been doing. And he, and he turns around, who touched me? And she said, what does the scripture say? And Jesus, um, but his disciples, verse 31, said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, She said, and then Jesus said. What's that? Agreement. See, because what she said is what he said is so. She came into agreement with what the will of God was by what she said, right? What came out of her mouth. We're talking tonight about having faith for other people. I'm just going to say this and go right back to this. But you can have faith for others when you don't have faith for yourself. Think about that. That was really profound. Your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. While he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. What's that? Negative report. He had already said, if you'll come lay your hands on her, she will be well. That was Jairus' declaration. Now comes a negative report of fear to tell him this isn't going to work. She's dead. The ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead, why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, what word? She's dead. See, Jesus already heard the faith. So it wasn't uncommon to him to hear the doubt coming to rob and steal the faith. Right? How how many understand that tonight? That every time faith is built up in your life, fear is going to come to steal your faith. Right? Right? But Jesus 
is banking, and, 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 and Jesus is not drawn to the death statement. He's drawn to what Jairus said in the beginning. Now watch. Keep going back and trying to find my place. Verse 35, uh, right? 36. And as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid. What? Only believe. What? The word. Only believe what you already knew was true. Fear will come, try to rob you of what you believe, but to have faith for other people. See, Jesus, somebody's got to have faith. Somebody's got to believe. What would have happened to Jairus' daughter had Jesus not been there? Toast. Gone. Dead. No more. Right? Why? Because I promise you there was nobody else around there that had any faith. Somebody in this day and hour, has got to have faith. I'm going to say it again. Somebody in this day and hour has got to have faith. When everybody else is losing it, somebody's got to rise up and have faith for people to believe. The other day, I was somewhere. Where was I? I don't know where I was. Somewhere. And, uh, where was I? Anyway, it doesn't matter. I, I was somewhere, <laughs> and this, this guy, I remember the story, but I can't even remember. Yeah, I can. I'll get it in a minute. I'll remember where it was. Anyway, I'm going to tell you the story. And I'm listening to this guy, and he's telling me, I mean, nine miles of bad road. I mean, just on and on and on. And, and, and he's so accustomed to hearing himself talk that way, and he's listened to that for so long that, you know, he just, and I didn't know this guy very well, but he just kind of expected me to feel bad for him or whatever. And this is what I said. I said, but God. And he kind of looked at me and he goes, what? I said, but God. Well, yeah, that's right. You know? I mean, he was talking and talking and down and this and whoa and wow and bam and bam. and I mean, it was like he was laying on the ground and somebody just hitting him. How bad things were. And I said out of my mouth, but God. What did that do? That gave him the potential to begin to see something different than what he's hearing all the time, what he's saying out of his mouth, what he's talking, what everybody's agreeing with him about in regards to what's going on around him. But God. And he told me something else, and I said, you know what? Here's the thing. He's an older, you know, not old, but I mean, somewhere around my age, young. <clears throat> and, uh, and he said, you know, it's like, it's a waste. What's left with my life? And I, and I told this guy, I said, you know what? It ain't over. It's not over. And what I told him and shared with him was information that was going to help him to begin to make a change and a turn. But who's going to have faith in a situation for someone else? 
God's calling people in the earth to have faith for people. And I'm telling you, what happens, what builds your faith is when you have faith for others. What will build you and strengthen you and take you to another place is when your faith is, is exalted to another place. In both of those people, Jesus was said to them in no uncertain terms, your faith has made you whole. Fear not, only believe. Just believe that what I said is what's going to come to pass. Amen? And that's what God's calling you and I to for people. We've had this thing about, and, I, and I've, if you've been around here very long, we've taught it for years about, about faith and, and about developing faith and having confidence in God and believing for things to come to pass in our life. But what about faith for people? Now, look at James 3, and this will be for the next two or three Wednesdays, this will be our foundation scripture. <clears throat> Where'd James go? There it is. James 3. And verse 1, <clears throat> James 3 and 1, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers knowing that you shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things, and if anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, also able to bridle the whole body. I want to read verse 2 in the Amplified. For we all often stumble and fall and offend in many things. And if anyone does not offend in speech, never says the wrong things, he is a fully developed character and a perfect man, able to control his whole body and to curb his entire nature. I'm going to come back to that verse, but I want to read a few more. If we set bits in the horse's mouth, how many... Uh, if we set bits in the horses' mouths to make them obey us, we can turn their whole bodies about. Likewise, with ships he's talking about, and then he talks about our tongue. So, in this passage, he's talking about a big ship that's controlled by a really small rudder that does two things. It directs the ship and it maintains the ship. A little small rudder in a huge, massive ship. Without that rudder, you got no direction. You go in every direction. A horse's mouth with a bit in it. Big old horse, little bitty bit. What does that thing do? It controls the horse and it helps to maintain the horse. For the horse to not get out of balance and get out of control. Big body, some of, them, some of us have bigger bodies than others. Big body, little bitty tongue. But what's going to direct your life and what's going to maintain your life is what you say. We're talking about having faith for others. If you're not in control of your tongue... And I'll say it like this, if Jesus isn't in control of your tongue, then he's in control of nothing in your life. 
I want you to remember this because through the years, I've been saved for a long time. And through the years, I always heard people say, do you want to make up front in a salvation, a, a second birth experience, do you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life? That word Lord is translated in Scripture as being like the rudder, the bit, like the tongue. Do you want Jesus, God, to be in control of your life? Well, He can't be in control of your life till He becomes the Savior of your life. Till you're born again, He can't become Lord. Because until I'm born again, I don't have conviction about things that are going on. When I get born of the Spirit of God, and God is alive on the inside of me, then what has to happen is He has to become Lord. He has to become the one in control. And how does the Scripture right here say that that happens? With what I say. Verse 2 again in the Amplified. For we all often stumble and fall and offend in many things. And if anyone does not offend in speech, never says the wrong things. It's because he's a fully developed character and a perfect or a mature man able to control his whole body and to curb his entire nature. Where does it start? With what we say. Amen? It starts with what we say. Um, th- this, is a, this is an interesting scripture. I'm going to read it, passage, and then we'll probably talk about it more next week. But this is an interesting verse. And I'm going to tell you what my definition of this is. And it's found in Psalm 12 in the first five verses, and I'm going to read it. This is a Psalm of David. And the first two words are, Help, Lord! For the godly man ceases, for the faithful disappear from among the sons of men. Verse 2. They do what? They speak idly. The, the Amplified says, To his neighbor, each one speaks words without use. Idle, non-productive words out of their mouth. What did we just get through reading over here? If a man never says the wrong thing, if he controls his tongue, he controls his whole body. See, most Christians don't believe this. Most Christians don't believe this. Or they wouldn't say the things that they say. So what I'm saying to you is, I never say the wrong thing and all the rest of you do. So you understand, I said that so you'd laugh and you realize we're all in the same ship. And not a person sitting here today that probably something this week that you've said, you shouldn't have said. And you know what? We have the helper, the Holy Spirit, to help us not do that. But nobody, nobody can control the tongue. Nobody but you. The next verse in James, that third chapter, the next verse says, No man can tame the tongue. 
I was studying that and looking at that in, in a Greek lexicon Bible of mine, and actually what it's saying is, no one man can tame another man's tongue. Never seen it like that. No one man can tame someone else's tongue. In other words, I can't make Sandra not say something. Right? I can't make you, you can't make me control what I say. And we have the helper, the Holy Spirit, who empowers us to control what we say, to bring it in line so that what we say doesn't bring um, some dark cloud over another person's life and so exposing really where our heart is. Because what God wants you to do is be judging your own heart. Now, I don't want to get away from this. In Psalm 12, Help, Lord, for the ungodly man ceases, for the faithful disappear from among the sons of men. They speak idly or non-productive words with flattering lips and a double heart they speak. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips. So if you want to save your lips, watch what you say. Anyway. And the tongue that speaks proud things, who have said, with our tongue we will prevail, our lips are our own. Who is Lord over us? Verse 5, for the oppression of the poor, for the sighing of the needy, now I will arise, says the Lord. I will set him in the safety for which he yearns. What's happened here and what happened in this situation with David is this. People got off what they were saying. People got off what they were saying and lost their focus of God. And then what happened? They lost their focus for people. The needy and those in need and needing things in their life, they went to the wayside. Why? Because we'll say whatever we want to is what that verse said. The people got to the point, we'll say whatever we want to. Who's Lord of our life? A man that's able to control his tongue, never says the wrong thing, is empowered to control his whole life and everything that he does. That's the power God has given us. See, if you hear that from me and you take that as a negative, like a lot, a lot to work on, it's a lot to work on, especially depending on where your mouth is. It's a lot to work on. But you need to see it as a privilege you need to see it as, I mean, God's given us the strength and the power on planet earth to be people of faith. Who's going to walk in faith in the earth? Where are people going to get their help from people of faith? Everything that's coming out of Fox News is not going to liberate your life or CNN or any other news agency. Nobody out there in the world really has a care if they're not born again. And, and, and I'm, I'm talking to people tonight that 
believe in the church and in being born again. I'm saying if you're not born again, you don't understand life. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you go. I don't care what kind of people you're around. I don't care how much money you have or don't have. If you're not born again, you don't understand life. But you can be born again and not understand why in this life, life is not manifesting. And most Christians don't understand that, or they wouldn't say what they say. I don't mean that critically. I'm just saying it's the truth. A man that controls his tongue, never says the wrong thing, controls everything that he does. And when you know the will of God is to not put your mouth on other people and say things and, do, and get involved in those kind of things, when you realize that in your life, you'll shut your mouth down. I'm telling you, you can stop saying critical things like that instantly if you make a choice. And you don't have to stop in your own power and ability. Holy Spirit's there to help you. He won't do it for you, but He'll help you. Just make a decision. Yeah, it's not that easy. It has been for me. Doesn't mean I do it perfectly. That mean that something doesn't slip out of my mouth and find myself saying something that I shouldn't have said. But thank God we can repent, right? Go to God. He's, he's the propitiation for our sins. He's the one that stood in for us. We're able to go to Him and ask for forgiveness. And as we do that, He liberates us. That sim- it's a win-win. Open book test. Everything that we face in life, it's all open book. It's a win-win. We just have to learn to make the choices and the decisions. Can you say Amen. In Mark 11 and verse 23, Mark 11 and verse 23, it says, For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever He says, whatever you say is so. So I made a list of some things that sometimes we say that are so that don't need to be so. But they're so because of what we say. And the longer you say it, the longer you believe it. So, we need to start saying (laughs) some things differently than what we've been saying before. Well, you know, life is just really hard. If you say so. Man, I just feel like I'm sick all the time. If you say so. If it's not one thing... Man, it's something else. If you say so. You know, nobody likes me. Nobody likes me. No. And it'll be if I say so. Nobody ever does anything for me. If you say so. If you say so. If you say so. You know, so-and-so doesn't like me. They don't like me. I saw, I saw them look at me. They, they don't like me. 
if you say so. They don't like you. And you know, and, and I've thought about this, and, and this may help some people tonight. I've thought about this because I've had lots of people say, thing, say this to me. So then, Pastor, I mean, so we can't say anything? I mean, we can't, use, we can't say anything about any situation? Yeah, you can. But you've got to watch what you say. See? You've got to watch the way you say something. Let's take, the, let's take the statement, if it's not one thing, it's something else. So what, what's that in line with? Washing machine broke. Walk outside, car has a flat tire. All in the same day. Some dog ran by and bit me. You know, if it's not one thing, it's something else. Right? No. But I can tell my wife. I can come to her and I say, you know, I know that washing machine's not working, but we're going to believe God for this thing. We're going to figure out what to do to get this thing worked out. You've got to have conversation, but you've got to watch what you say. Because, see, it's, it's easier to just say, well, if it's not one thing, it's something else. Versus constructively having a conversation where you watch every word. Every word. Whatever you say is so, is going to be so. Now what, what we've got to do in the saying so business is we've got to say what he says is so. And when I'm saying all the time what he says is so then that's what's going to be so. And I tell you what, his so is a whole lot better than the other so. But it's what you say. You can make a change. You can decide to make a change tonight where those kind of things are concerned. Tonight, right now. You, you can choose every day of your life to, to do the opposite of what you've done before. To change the words that are coming out of your mouth and, and, and the direction that those words are going. Because what we're talking about is having faith for others. But if you have no faith in your life for the things that you face, and listen, stuff comes. Washing machines break. You walk out, anybody ever walked out and your tire was flat in your car? Anybody, someone ever hit your car and they took off and you were at a restaurant or something and, and there's a big dent and now you got, how, you got to pay for it? Or whatever? I mean, I mean, things, there's stuff in life that happens. I'm not believing for that. I believe the angels of God encamp around about me. They protect me. I'm not expecting those kind of things to happen. But we live in a fallen world where stuff happens. What are you going to do with it? It ain't getting the best of me. I will bless the Lord at all times, and His praise shall continually be in my mouth. One of the things that, one of the things that I say every day that I wrote down somewhere. Here it is. Two, two things that I say every day. One of my have in here. But I make this statement every day. I set the tone for everybody around me. It doesn't mean the next person isn't. I'm just saying I'm setting the tone. See, and when I'm in faith, I'm setting a tone in a fear-filled world. 
Everywhere I go, I set the tone. Every person that comes in contact with me, I set the tone. Why? Because of faith in God. Somebody's got to have faith. It might as well be me. No, I don't even like the way that sounds. Somebody's got to have faith. It's going to be me. I'm going to be in faith. I'm not living on planet earth not in faith. Because when I'm outside of faith, it's destruction. And it's that way for every person out there. I set the tone for everybody around me. When I walk in the room, faith walks in the room. Well, that's real proudful. Well, I mean, what, what you want everybody to set the tone for the way you're going to react? Someone walks in and they're, they're frowning. And then you ever noticed that if you, if, you're, if you let other people affect you, if they walk in and they're like this, you, fi- you almost find yourself doing the same thing? Somebody walks in with an accent and you kind of talk like their accent? Huh? No, I'm setting the tone. I'm going to talk in the accent of faith, and that's going to connect with people around me. Another thing that I say every day, it's a book I read a long time ago, and I, and I got this statement out of this book, and I've said it every day for probably two years. I lead with purpose. I find excitement in the mundane, passion in the everyday, and the extraordinary in the ordinary. With purpose and vision, I'm contributing to something that's bigger than me. And what is that? The kingdom. I'm constantly continuing. Why? Because my life in faith is for other people. I'm going to tell you again, and you'll remember this when you leave here tonight. You're going to remember it. Your life was to be in faith for other people. And you don't, I said this earlier, you don't have to have faith for everything in your life to have faith for other people. In fact, in fact, if you will develop faith and confidence for other people and help other people arise, it'll strengthen your faith. It's just the way it works. It's not this thing that we're depositing into ourselves and we're getting all filled up and we're getting perfect and then we're going to go out and just intimidate everybody else. It doesn't work that way. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can speak, and it'll happen. You know what most people don't do? They won't speak. They don't believe what James chapter 3 is talking about. Next week, the other part of that chapter, the other end of that chapter, we're going to get into about all the things that happen and come into play that try to stop our faith from manifesting. But I'm telling you tonight, The direction here tonight for your life is everything that you say is so, is so. Everything you say is so, is so. Last scripture, Proverbs 18 and verse 21. Proverbs 18, 21. I'm going to read it in the I'm going to read it in the New King James and then the Amplified. Death and life are in the power of that little bitty tongue. Right? And those who love it will eat its fruit. Look at the Amplified. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they who indulge it shall eat the fruit of it either death or life. And it's not 
that word death there is not just ceasing to exist. It's the word destruction. Whether I live in the life of God and prosper and, and in blessing will determine by what comes out of my mouth. In the passage in James 3 that we didn't finish, that we'll get to next week, in a fountain, bitter and sweet water can't both come out of it, one or the other. It should not be that way that bitter and sweet water come out of the same fountain. That means, that means what I'm working towards is never saying the wrong thing. <laughs> Ever. You know, what, you know what that entails? I can't be about myself. Every time I say the wrong thing, it's to cover my hind end. It's always self-seeking, self-centered, always something about me. Every time I say the wrong thing, it has to do with, what was me? Always. So the key to never saying the wrong thing is death to yourself. Life to me. Life in me, coming out of me. I will bless the Lord at all times. I'll speak blessing and not cursing all the days of my life. That's what he's talking about right here. Blessing or cursing is in the power of what you say. And you just have to train. The way Jesus becomes Lord or the one in control of your life is you practicing what you say and how and what you say over other people. I'm going to leave you with this thought as you walk out these back doors. I'm going to leave you with this thought. How many people this week that you don't necessarily like have you prayed for? I want a hand. I want you to think about it. And the only reason I want you to think about it is because I want you to go out of here thinking about what you could say over other people. What is prayer? It's communication with God in different levels and different forms. But who that you really don't like have you put your mouth on this week? Just a challenge. All I'm trying to do is make you better. Remember what he said in James in the second verse? <laughs> God that never says the wrong thing. He's a perfect man, able to control everything. Man, he's like a robot. Controls everything. I choose to be in control of everything in my life, not out of control. I choose to be a blessing and not a curse. Speak blessing and not cursing all the days of my life. I'm looking for opportunities to bless people and even unkind people or people maybe that have done me wrong if, or that have said things about me or people that I don't like the way they part their hair or, their, or whatever. I'm going to just speak blessing. You, you know where this really started with me? One night in front of the television, watching Christian television, my wife said to me, thank God for a good wife that will speak the truth. She said to do you realize how many people you've criticized tonight? Or something like that? And my first response was, oh, I, no, I, I didn't mean that. Yeah, it's exactly what I mean, because it's exactly what I said. 
does he wear his stupid hair like that? You know, or why is he? It started with me years ago. Anybody ever remember when we had a 30-day challenge about what you say? How many? Well, the Dunnings. <laughs> They've been watching what they, Sandra remembers. The Lamonts remember. Different ones, probably Tammy, unless she was in with the children. I'm telling you, we can stop this. Amen? And we just judge everything that we say. So think about praying for people you don't like instead of putting your mouths on them and see what happens. Just see what happens. See how your life begins to change. Totally revolutionized my life. And I was realizing that just little petty little things were a big deal to God. Amen? Father, we're so blessed so thankful for the truth of your word. I'm so thankful for this message and the word that, that has gone forth tonight. I'm so thankful, Lord, for the, that there's real revelation to make changes in people that we can choose to just make a change tonight. We can choose to speak blessing and not cursing all the days of our life. We can choose, we can choose to set the tone with everybody around us in faith and confidence in who we are in you. Set the tone so that in our presence, fear has to bow its knee in people's lives. That doubt and unbelief and, and, and desperation and hopelessness has to bow its knee because of faith in us. I thank you for that rising in every person at the sound of my voice. We're a, we are a people that have faith for people. We are a people that have faith for people. 